0: Coming up next, it's the Magnuson Park Gallery Exchange, an opportunity to hear directly from artists and those in the arts community. Learn what really inspires and motivates the creative work shown in the Magnuson Park Gallery.
1: Hi everyone, this is Terico Summers with Magnuson Park Gallery. Today we're busy getting ready for a -a one-of-a-kind show called Royalty Rodents and Ring Pops, a retrospective by beloved Seattle artist Kelly Lyles. Kelly Lyles is a unique artist and illustrator whose personal style and humor touches everything in her life, from her wacky fashion accessories, from imaginative furniture, large public art pieces, and yes, even fully painted cars for the Fremont Fair. Her works are known to be very playful with the cheeky side. (laughs) Imagine a portrait of a group of bunnies nibbling grass around an open prescription bottle with a huge sign above that says Viagra Falls, definitely worth a giggle. Um, I wanted—I'm so excited to have Kelly here to talk with us. Thanks so much for coming into space today. Welcome, Kelly.
0: Thanks for the intro. I love the word cheeky. <laughs> Somebody once called me
1: Wiley. That was one of my favorites too. Um, I wanted to find out if you could give us an idea of I mean it's such an, an interesting title um, what we'll be seeing in this um, the show at uh, Magnuson Park. Well, I applied to
0: be in there with my Corona queens, which is uh, copies of historical portraits of famous female monarchs. but I threw a corona into their coronas because the word Corona obviously means crown. And the show was accepted. I was excited, but I was just not thinking it out and thinking I'd be part of a group show or they'd put me together with some people. And they said, no, you got the whole space. And it is a big space, which is wonderful, but also a little intimidating. So we had to fill the walls with some of my other series – none of which have anything in common or remotely go together. So we had to come up with a tie-in. I did a whole series of paintings called Candyland. I'm a sugar junkie. Um, So it was 50 paintings of candy, and I did a 15-foot board game, version of the board game on the floor that you could play as you looked at the paintings. So that was one series. I also have another series that I just call The Rodents, even though there's a few other critters thrown in there. But it's all visual puns uh, about small animals and Americana. So, Spamster is a hamster with spam. Obviously, mice micearoni instead of ricearoni. Um, cats up, uh, cats and mice are easy to come up uh, come up with puns for, but some of the others not so much. Just finished squirrel with a pearl earring. Um, so anyways, it's putting those three completely disparate series together on the wall. So it's royalty for the queens, rodents for the animals, and, and ring pops for the candy. I wanted to say root canal, but that was vetoed. <laughs>
1: um, I wanted to find out, how did you start your um, journey to create art? Well, I've always
0: drawn and painted, and lucky for me, uh, my parents encouraged it or didn't discourage it. I taught drawing at Bellevue College for 20 years, and it was always so sad to me to hear uh, one student even waited till her mother died to take a beginning drawing class, because they were discouraged from making art. And you don't discourage your. They'd say you're not going to make any money. Well, you're not going to make any money playing basketball either if you're ninety nine point nine percent. But parents don't say, "Don't play basketball with your friends. You're not going to make any money." So it's just, uh, you know, I was very. I I grew up fairly privileged all over the world. My dad was an executive with 3M company. But my parents never focused on, uh, you know, money per se. With my brother, became a commercial photographer, and I became a drawer, you know, painting and drawing. Um, I won my first art contest on the Queen Elizabeth taking the ocean liners back and forth. I always thought I'd be a fashion illustrator because I love fashion and had very strong opinions, even as a toddler, about what I was wearing to school. Um, but I and I went from fat when I was. In art school for fashion illustration, it all folk it switched to photography. So that career went down the drain. But then I switched to design. Uh, at some point, was not particularly good with computers. Computers were just coming in at the tail end of my graphic design or my getting uh, my school, you know, graphic design my degree. We just got computers the last few quarters, and I sucked. So the uh, I I did graphic design for ten or fifteen years and then started dating a painter and thought, well that looks a whole lot more fun. <laughs> well,
1: because yeah, I read somewhere that you in the nineties, um when you were kind of a graphic designer, at one point you said graphics became a computer desk job. So I was wondering if that made you jump into fine art. Yeah, it it did. I was uh I won a few awards
0: as a designer, but I don't think I was particularly good. Um I don't like white space. I like clutter. (laughs) And design is all about simplifying, not I'm a more is more excess kind of person, not a less is more type of person. But uh, when we started out, we were doing paste up with little X-Acto knives and peeling up things and using press type. And it was all very physical, hands on, Uh, you know, drawing out comps, um, which is comps were what you would show a, a client to get a concept so it was basically a concept of what the what your ideas were for the, you know for their photo shoot or whatever but we actually did it by hand now they just you know use the internet and find photos and and you know say yeah it's going to look like that truck in front of that sunset whatever but you know using a stock image instead of a hand drawn thing so it just wasn't it just wasn't as much fun anymore it became all you know wiggling a mouse around and the way i think of it to me computers were far slower, and the clients expected it to be faster. Um, I think it's backwards, but with computers you had to think it out way ahead of time. And I'm a quick and dirty kind of person. I do it. If I don't like it, now I change it. You know, with paint you can just go change your mind fifteen times. Instead of with computers, you've really got to think it out in advance, and then it's backtracking the steps. Or in my mind, in my so it just wasn't fun anymore.
1: Kelly, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you, I know you've been painting for a long time, of of what you've been doing through the years. Um, Yeah, I started
0: started focusing on fine art versus commercial art graphic design in around 94, and I started taking classes at Gage, uh, who I highly recommend, great art school. Um, they were out of my price range. I mean, I had a graphic design degree from Seattle Central, and we did take drawing and painting classes there, but it was definitely more illustrative, if that's a word. So I started taking past classes at Gage. They allowed me to be a teacher's monitor, TA. By they had, or they called monitor versus TA, teacher's assistant. So I got a lot of classes heavily discounted or free, and was the you know the the assistant to the teacher, and that was. I think more focused on oil painting. These days, I work primarily in acrylic just because I'm lazy. With the few times I get out the oils, I think this is way more fun. Oils are great because they move a lot more. Mm That's like painting with butter versus acrylics are. Harder, they're made out of plastic, and they also shift color when they dry, so you can't go back and like if something gets scratched in transport, you go to try to color match it in acrylic, okay, you're doing your damnedest to guess because it is gonna shift and you know it's gonna dry a slightly different color. um I also do figurative work in watercolor these days. Mm-hmm. When I go to painting sessions because I'm somebody who's chronically late and setting up oils would be far too much work. Um, I'm not a particularly good watercolorist because watercolor – the beauty of watercolor is looseness and I'm a very tight painter or relatively tight painter. Um, So – but I I do a little bit of everything and I don't know that my my style has changed over the years. I mean other – well (laughs) – I showed a portrait of this elderly man that I actually did – I don't remember. I think I did it in a gauge class, one of my first painting classes back in the 90s. And a friend of mine saw it up fairly recently because, you know, I show old work. A lot of friends will paint over their old stuff. Not me. I just keep it circulating because it's a new audience all the time. But my friend said, oh, you've gotten so much better looking at that painting. And it was my painting from 30 years ago. So so clearly I've deteriorated. Uh, But I don't know that my style has changed per se. Uh, I think I get faster. You know, I I think I've honed what I want to say a little more. Um, I also did a series at Gage. Uh, I took a narrative painting class with a wonderful teacher named Dominic Quatera, and other people—you know, we, we had to tell stories about our lives, ideally, or something, you know, that was a series versus one-offs. And I did a steer, series of paintings called The Twelve Steps, and it's based on—I'm in recovery, long-time recovery. And so this was all drunks and junkies in— familiar and usually embarrassing but to us funny so you know somebody passed out in their food somebody in the empty garage wondering where their car is from the night before somebody with her smeared makeup having just caused a wreck and saying well I'll be a little late and when I've shown these the comments I get are oh you're so brave which it's not brave i mean that was life that was that was the everyday But the people in AA and and NA, which I am, um, they think they're a riot. They think they're very funny, as do I. So, Mm -hmm. uh, might get back to that series. I've sold a few of them. Obviously, there was twelve paintings because I called it the Twelve Steps. But uh, it's you know that's a little that's probably my most personal series to date. And those were those were oils Mm -hmm. versus acrylics with glitter. A lot of glitter thrown in.
1: I'd love to see those. So what are the pieces that you are most important or you're most proud of?
0: Well, currently the Corona Queens, because Mm -hmm. they're my latest series, and so I'm very fond of them and having a lot of fun with them. And there's a million queens. This could go on forever. And I deluded myself that I'd paint even more of them for the show. I think I've got 10 in there, 10 or 12 in there. In the rodent series, I like the cats up best. I like the ones that are a little darker, uh it's funny the greetings from Viagra Falls, the giant mm-hmm. postcard. That's actually my least favorite. Oh I love uh, that one. <laughs> but it's everybody else's favorite. So I usually put it front and center it's just, because it's,
1: it's it just made me laugh. Yeah,
0: it's the instant <laughs> you know, it it's the hit you over the head with the humor. When and I am not a subtle person, so so uh hitch over the head is just fine by me. <laughs>
1: So, Kelly, I saw you drive up in, the, like, your classic art car, which, which is all decorated with – it was painted and decorated. Um, tell us about your work with the Fremont Fair and the – is it a car? Art uh, car
0: show. Art car show. The Seattle Art Car Blowout. Uh, my own car is the Accessories Odyssey, and it's E-X-C-E-S because it's the excess of accessories because I'm, again, into more is more, and I love – even in COVID – I wore a hat and jewelry every day. I didn't put on makeup, but I always had a matching outfit and, you know, even not seeing anyone for three weeks, I was coordinated. I was accessorized. So that's – my tip is always make a car about what you love and I love fashion. So on the front is a magnetic paper doll of me and – well, formerly me, 20 years and 20 pounds ago. But – then, and the little miniature clothes on the front are magnetic and they are paper dolls and you can dress it up, me up. Um, the, the top is all shoes, the side is all purses and jewelry that are all glued on, and my last car was Leopard Bernstein, which was obviously a, a spoof of the famous composer Leonard Bernstein, and that was 700 uh, lions and tigers and leopards, all jungle cats, and it had ears welded on and a tail, and that is now in an art car museum in Arizona, and I visited it in November, visited him, Bernie. Uh, there's I don't know quite how many cars are in there thirty or forty it's a it's a good one There's three art car museums Funny enough people say There's an art car museum Yes There's three of them One's in Douglas Arizona One's in Trinidad Colorado and one is in Houston Texas So the art car movement There's thousands of us around the country um, It's just people decorating their cars and we just it can be anything from some splatter paint Two, uh, you know, double-decker welded cars, you know, two cars welded on top of each other that rotate. Every car in Texas seems to be a flamethrower. Um, they, they do things bigger and better in Texas. There's, that's the home of the art car is Houston. They have 300 cars in their parade or two, 200 to, to 300, but um, where we're lucky to get 75 here in Seattle. But every year, uh, solstice weekend, which this year I guess is like June 18th and 19th, so I should know. But it's in my calendar, which mm-hmm. is not in my lap. There's, It's always the, the weekend before or on the summer solstice because, of course, we're tied into the Fremont Solstice Parade, that famous parade that's now a little hijacked by all the naked bicyclists. But it's all <laughs> floats and some, there's some wonderful artist-made floats. The cars are not in it because that's a non-motorized parade. We are parked. But they come from all over the country and they're all you know we're completely open about you know the the, the one that's very amateurishly done <laughs> that's not, churlish that's not quite the right word <laughs> you get the gist you know we are welcome we're not jurying them uh now we're not going to give you two thousand dollars if you just got some splatter paint you know with you that your kids or your kids handprints on it nope but you're still you're still welcome to show with us. So, again, they come from all over the country. There's always a few of the mainstays that are in Seattle, which during COVID, we organized these little COVID caravans. And we – anywhere from 6 to 13 of the local art cars because it was usually midday and some people were working. But we drove around to senior buildings. And to the uh public housing and stuff like that, and brought them a little fun when they were all locked up and so that was that, that was really was a, cool. it was great we 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 got just back the sweetest messages, and you know to some of the elderly people were crying and waving, and the one guy said something about, "All right, I've got a new respect for hippies," which made me laugh um since we're all pretty far from you know far from that description. uh one guy. Posted on Instagram or something about this just made my day and, you know, you just saved COVID or something. So it was, it was really sweet. But anyways, that's, uh, you know, we're a, we're a small community, but there are thousands of us around the country. A lot of people don't even know each other or don't even realize that what they did for themselves is actually kind of a movement. There's books and movies about us, Art Cars, Driving the Dream is one, uh, Wild Wheels is another movie, Automorphosis was the most recent. I'm in there in a few little small scenes, but that's, we're all friends, so those are all friends of mine. We have a great time together. (laughs) Yes, you can imagine. The only common denominator is humor. You know, we've got eighth grade educations and PhDs, and Mm -hmm. the only thing we, oh, we also caravan to events together, and boy, what a blast it is driving across country with, 12 wacky cars and we all have CBs to you know to oh. stay in touch and the, the comments by the truckers going by are hysterical that's worth the trip alone
1: <laughs> oh. um, and so what what do you think is next for I know you're working on the Corona Queens but what what is next for you what themes might you kind of play with or discover
0: well, I just saw a bunch of photos in my, you know, thousands of pictures on my phone of like, oops, oh yeah, I forgot I was going to start that series years ago. I was taking pictures of children at art fairs because the kids are hysterical. They're, they're little mini versions of the parents that, that's like, you know, I love art fairs. It's my idea of Disneyland, but a lot of it's a little pretentious. And so you see these tiny little kids with their photos and up examining the art really closely and dressed adorably. Um, so I think it would be fun to do a whole painting, a series of paintings of kids. I go to a painting session every week, and I do a lot of figurative work. I love pet portraits. I love. Um, I do people portraits, too, and I yeah. think I'm pretty good at it. But uh, really prefer the pet portraits. I also do house portraits for realtors. I have the Fremont Fair. I will have a booth. I always have a booth next to my art car at the Fremont Fair, and I produce that show, so that's a lot of work. Um, you know, we bring cars in from all over the country, decorated mm-hmm. cars, and we have to house them, pay for all their meals, and pay their gas. And, you know, one car coming from Texas can be 1800 bucks. Some of them are even 3000 if they have to trailer it here. So I've got to do a lot of fundraising. I got to find I got to start networking with all the restaurants. It's not art related per se, but it is in that everybody thinks when you're a painter you just go out and paint and have fun. No, you you paint maybe a third of the time, you market a third of the time, and you drive you drive around the, the city dropping stuff off or going to the post office the third of the time. So it's they don't teach you business in art school and they really should.
1: That is so true. Um, so one last question. I wanted to just for the radio. I saw that you did a portrait of my favorite musician, Elvis Costello. <laughs> I wanted to find out what music really gets you in the mood to create.
0: Ooh, well that's a little embarrassing because I often have on trashy TV or when I'm the uh, or love my KUOW and. Um, really enjoyed this radio station, and the fr- two friends I brought here to the little mini concert both went home and set their stations to uh, to the space, so they they got a kick out of it. But I do I love Elvis Costello. That was a Black Velvet Elvis. It was an all Elvis show at Bumbershoot, so that was my little visual pun was Black Velvet Elvis oh, and Costello.
1: <laughs> that's okay. I didn't see the title. That's hysterical. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for coming in. If listeners want to sneak peek of uh, Kelly's work, um, you can go to kellyspot.com. And I hope um, everyone is welcome to see the show Royalty Rodents and Ring Pops in person at Magnuson Park Gallery from March 16th to April 22nd. Um, We are open Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays from noon to 3 and if you want a chance to um, meet Kelly, um, we're having an artist reception for her on April 22nd from 2 to 5. Stop by and get a, um, you get a chance to chat with Kelly, view her art, and circulate with some wine and cheese. Hope to see you there. Thank you so much to Space Radio for our, our, an opportunity to hear from our um, local artists. Thank you, guys. This was a lot of fun.
0: You've been listening to the Magnuson Park Gallery Exchange, a periodic series focused on the artists and the arts community showing at the Magnuson Park Gallery.